Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, everybody? It's the Power Rankings Podcast, a.k.a. the Power Rankings Show. I'm your host, Elliot Harrison, and I am pleased to be joined by the one and only at Marcus underscore Mosher. Hello, sir. Best time of the year, Elliot. I love the draft more than anything else. This is awesome. The, the night before the draft is one of my favorite times of the year. Yeah, I'm really brimming with excitement. <laughs> brimming! I sleep last night. I was... So excited to get up this morning and have my coffee and read mock drafts. It's unbelievable that we're read mock draft. I mean, come on. Really, at this point, are you still reading mock drafts? Oh, I was just reading one while you were gone doing something before the show. So yeah. That and one you, had you know, uh, Michael Mayer, first round. It's excited. <laughs> What's the difference between some dude's mock draft or some gal's mock draft now and five days ago? I, I think it's like sports fan fiction, right? It's just yeah. fun to see everybody's thoughts and the way it could go. So I enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, boy. My mock draft 5.0. I ex- My I'm mock excited. draft 7.0. How many mock drafts have you done? Oh, like just the simulators? Probably a thousand. Seriously. At least five or six a day. You know, next time you tell me like, gosh, Elliot, and I just had too much on my plate, you know, I. I can't do another podcast or write another article. I mean, I am just so, you know, snowed under over here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no better time. You're sitting at the dinner table, do a quick mock, you know, yeah. right before you go to bed, do just a yeah. little simulator. So your wife's like trying to help your daughter eat. You know, your wife has basically prepared your dinner uh, after she's shoveled out your driveway because you won't do it. And then you come in, you sit at the dinner table with your iPad. And you do Marcus's mock draft 989.0. Well, it's better than a couple of years ago when I had a whiteboard in our kitchen that I would just constantly do it. But yeah, let's go ahead and start talking draft. Yeah, can we start talking about this draft? Well, I didn't let Marcus do another mock draft per se. But what I wanted to know, and something I hadn't really seen, is just a rundown of the top eight quarterback prospects, because I think that's a... I mean, we have a rundown of eight, so that makes it kind of convenient that way. But also, I always think it's that there's about eight guys in every draft, a prox, that have an opportunity to start in the NFL. Now, some of these guys never make it. Some of them become career backups. Obviously, some of them become stars. But I think that's kind of the number um, of of how many legit – and by legit, I just mean like NFL-capable yep. quarterback prospects in a given draft. Uh, obviously, a lot of factors go into that. So I asked Marcus to look at the top eight and then have a landing spot in this draft for each one, whatever round it may end up being. Um, and so we did that. And so I'm kind of curious to see, first of all, how he ranked the first few guys and then also to see who he's kind of got uh, down at the bottom of the board there. I see mm-hmm. the team at the bottom of the board. So that's what we're doing today. Uh, so first things first, uh, how much were you influenced by other people's mock drafts when you're ranking your – 
quarterback prospects because I know you watch a lot of tape on these guys. I try not to be influenced, but I think it's kind of natural. You start to hear some fits and where these quarterbacks might go or might land or might be selected. And, you know, I think it kind of bleeds into your analysis. But for the most part, I think I had a pretty good feel on these guys for the last couple of months. So excited to, to dive right into it. Well, I tell you, when my curtains are open like this, I look like Casper. It's crazy. You know, right. I thought I thought you were bad. Man, oh, no, man. I got the spray yeah. tanner. It's fine. Dude, you know, doesn't that stuff streak? Like, do you ever, just, like, go to the grocery store and it looks like you just got this big brown, like, you know, peninsula on yeah, your I, cheek? I don't know. I, I don't know. I use that stuff. Can, I, can we talk about the Panthers at number one, please? We can, and I'm a little concerned about the Panthers at number one. They can't afford to bungle this, man. So no. who's the quarterback and why? I have Bryce Young. I think he's the best quarterback prospect in this class okay. uh, from Alabama. The only knock on him is height. If he was six foot two, I think we'd be talking about him as a Joe Burrow level prospect. Yeah. In fact, he might yeah. already be there. Like his game is so much built on maneuvering in the pocket, keeping his eyes down the field and just making the smart play over and over again. It's, I will say this is different than Mac Jones and Tua where he had just a bunch of weapons galore at Alabama. Yeah. Yeah. There's not a lot of NFL prospects, believe it or not, on that offense. And he made it work. I I think Bryce Young with Frank Wright in Carolina is going to work. You know, there's something to be said for that. It it reminds me a little bit. I guess this is a different situation, but wasn't the book on Jay Cutler. If you go way back, you know, Jay Cutler had all the tools, a great arm talent with the release. But he didn't win a lot of games in college. And people said, yeah, you know, he didn't win a lot of games. But gosh, his his skills and ability to, you know, to move that offense and score points uh, mm-hmm. overrides that. Um, this is a little different situation in that you're saying, hey, he was able to overcome not necessarily having pro ready weapons. But sometimes when I hear these kind of things, what I think of is like, why are we already building in excuses about a player. Does that make sense? What I'm saying, like, why is this even a talking point for Bryce Young? Isn't he just good enough? We don't need to talk about his weapons at Alabama. Well, I think it's worth comparing to the next guy I have on my list, CJ Stroud at number two, because you compare the weapons and it's not similar, right? CJ Stroud had three first round picks at wide receiver over the last two years. Garrett Wilson, Jackson Smith, the Jigba, and uh, Chris Olave. He has arguably the greatest wide receiver prospect we've seen in the last 20 years. Marvin Harrison Jr. was their mm-hmm. fourth receiver mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. 2021. And they were so loaded at receiver that Jamison Williams couldn't get on the field, transfer to Alabama for a season. So when you look at having, you know, three top 15 picks compared to what CJ or what Bryce Young had this year, I think it is yeah. worth mentioning. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. If we're doing a comparative analysis, I'm always just a little skeptical when somebody we're talking about a top prospect. Yes. Do you remember that talk about Jay Cutler? Or oh yeah, coming out of Vanderbilt. No, no, of yeah. course. Yeah, it, that was the thing is that that team wasn't very good. He put up some ridiculous stats, but you were always wondering, okay, can he actually beat big time competition? And that's one of the things that I look for, Elliot, for these quarterbacks is, can you elevate? the team around you. I'm going to use an example, Dak Prescott in Mississippi state, right? That team was not good. They beat Alabama his senior year and they had, they were number one in the country for a team. That's never there. Seems like that is something that does matter quite a bit. 
before I forget, I want to ask you one other question because I really am forget. Think I'll forget, especially while we're talking about these top two guys here at uh, Carolina and Houston, obviously uh, with the top two picks. If we go back to kind of Jay Cutler's era, he was in the AFC West of the Broncos. Philip Rivers was a young quarterback at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. The big thing with Philip Rivers when he came out that was such a glowing part of his profile was I think he had started like 51 college football games, which was the most ever at the time. I think they still played. I think they played 12 regular season games and he had started like three bowl games. Mm-hmm. Um is there any player like that out of these top eight that that's really a feather in their cap, just that they played a ton of college football games, so they just have more experience, even if they maybe aren't better? Yes, that one's coming in at number six. We'll talk about it in a second. But okay, cool. I, I do want to mention Bill Parcells had a set rule on how many number of starts he wanted from a quarterback that he was going to draft. And the more that you kind of dive into quarterbacks and over the last 20 years, it makes a lot of sense, right? You want guys that had a bunch of reps. And if you go look at, like, let's use last year's class. Who was the guy that threw the most passes and had the most starts of all the quarterbacks drafted? It was Brock Purdy. So it wasn't a shock when Purdy got out of the field that, hey, it doesn't look too big for him. He's done this a million times before. I just think that is something we need to factor in a little bit more than what we do. Yeah, I, I do too. And, and you know, I'm a big proponent of tape over measurables. Um for all you combine peeps out there. <laughs> Sorry, but I, I always have been. And I know you you like to watch the tape and do mm-hmm. the combine. So mm-hmm. I know you kind of agree with me because you wouldn't watch all the tape that you do. Mm-hmm. If you if we stay in recent vintage, uh, especially with the Carolina Panthers, you know, the knock on Cam Newton, right, uh, in 2011 was he'd only played one year, right, with, with Auburn. I think he Correct. played at Blaine. Was it Blinn College? Blaine, yeah. Blinn. I think it's, it's in Houston. Then he went to college. Yeah. Then he went to Florida, didn't play, transferred to Auburn. He didn't really have a lot of starts against the big time competition. In his case, though, Cam Newton still had a really great career. Um, It's just something that's always interested me. Okay. Uh, So if Houston doesn't trade down and they get Stroud, that's going to have Indianapolis, according to you, uh, taking the next quarterback. Who's Indy going to be taking? I look at that team with Shane Steichen as their head coach and a pretty decent offensive line and a good running game, and I want them to draft a quarterback that fits that style of offense, that can hand the ball off 25 times a game, that can use his legs to, to keep you know, the chains moving. And I think it's Anthony Richardson. I, I, I kind of think the Colts need to stop with these traditional pocket passers and just get somebody with some upside. And I think Richardson, for his sake, I think this is the best possible landing spot because – Striking has a fantastic track record of developing mobile quarterbacks. And I, I just think in Indianapolis, you've given some time. Maybe you let Gardner Minshew start. Maybe you let Nick Foles start for some of the time. You let Richardson sit. He could be a franchise-level passer down the road. If Houston were to try to wait at 12 or trade up from their 12 spot and not take Stroud at two, would Indy still take Richardson? I think so. Okay. Uh, now, I wouldn't be surprised if Indy goes in a different direction because the rumblings kind of out of their camp is that they like Will Levis, who we're going to talk about in a second. But I think yeah, and there's Richard, never misdirection on those rumblings. No, ever. no. I just think this is the this is the type of quarterback that Indy should be gambling on in round one. Okay. Uh, all right. 
I have to say the next team on your list might be the most interesting one on your list to me is the Minnesota Vikings, Uh, regardless of what people think about Kirk Cousins. You know, Marcus and I, maybe we haven't talked about it much on the podcast, but when we have our weird, you know, Thursday night, one in the morning conversations, East Coast, where Marcus calls me and says, football is so dumb, uh, which does happen about every three weeks. We, We did talk recently that Kirk Cousins that you and I might have underrated him a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, he always is get, get he always gets thrown behind Dak. That of that tier, he's always thrown kind of behind Dak, behind Stafford. And I don't know that that's fair, especially because of how much he's been available for his team. Yes. Um it's interesting to me that fourth on this list are the Minnesota Vikings. So what what's your thinking there and of course obviously who's the player? Yeah, so I you're right. Kirk Cousins is underrated. However, the Vikings have got to start thinking about the future here because Cousins is going to be 35 before the year kicks off. Right. He's going into the final year of his deal. If you're the Vikings, do you, as, as good as Cousins has been for you, do you want to pay him 45 to 50 million going into his age 36, 37, 38 mm. season? It's a good question. Probably not. So the best way to do this, I think, in my opinion, is to draft a quarterback in the first few rounds this year, let him sit for the entire year, right? And then in 2024, you move on. I've got Will Levis here, uh, the quarterback from Kentucky. Man, he's got a lot of tools. He's athletic. He's big. He's got arguably the best arm in this class, but his accuracy needs a lot of work, and the footwork is not great. You put him in that offense, you let him sit for a year, and then in 2024, it's his team and it's his show. I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that that is really interesting call. And and I should say that when I talk about Kirk Cousins being available, I mentioned Stafford and, and Dak Prescott. It's more a feather in Kirk Cousins cap than knocking guys for being hurt. Mm-hmm. It's just the ability to stay on the field is kind of a bonus. And he is, I don't know how many consecutive starts he has now at this point, Not but a it, it's a lot. I could, yeah, I could tell you that. Uh, all right. Now, the next team on your list is Seattle. Are we talking about Seattle at pick? I think they're at pick 20 of the yeah, first so, round. Or are we talking later so they on have, now? They've got picks five and 20 in the first round. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they're going to draft a quarterback there. My guess is that's going to be the two picks that they use to upgrade their defense. Right. However, they have picks 37 and picks 52. I think that's a good spot to grab a developmental quarterback. And I've got Hedden Hooker, the, the prolific passer from Tennessee. Now, he's 25 years old. It's a big knock. He's coming off a torn ACL, so he's probably not going to be ready until, I don't know, maybe December. But that's okay. Seattle just signed Geno Smith to a contract extension. It's really a one-year deal. Why not throw pick 37 at a very talented quarterback who might have been a first-round pick without the ACL injury and just see? These are kind of bonus picks anyways for Seattle. Use your first two picks to upgrade defense and take a shot. You know, we've talked many times. Uh, we, I, I don't think we've talked about Kirk Cousins a lot, but we have talked about Geno Smith and how he was one of the best quarterbacks in the NFC last year. But you still have to be skeptical. I, you yeah. know, you just have to because of uh, the career catalog there. And also maybe a lot of things went right. Uh, he probably took some teams by surprise. Remember, yeah. every team in the league is going to have about a year and a half worth of tape of him, uh, you know, under center in Seattle. I know he started some games in 2021. That's why I say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember he started on the road against Pittsburgh on a Sunday night game. And then, of course, he played all last year. Um, 
but I think this is smart. When you've got that many picks, I mean, you're, you've got four picks in the first 52 players. Yeah. That is a wealth of uh, riches, as they say. A and, and I don't. And I don't think drafting Hedden Hooker at 37 is going to make Geno Smith feel threatened or anything like that, right? It's a second-round pick. It's not that big of a deal. It just gives you an option in 2024 if Geno happens to be a one-year wonder, although I don't think that's the case. Yeah, and sometimes you still got to compete, man. Uh, you know, you got you to gotta put it on the field or put it on the tape, as they say. All right, next up on your list is Las Vegas Raiders. What's the quarterback and what's the pick? So first of all, I debated putting C.J. Stroud uh, to the Raiders at seven. I just I'm not Mm -hmm. sure that he gets there. And I think Bryce Young and Stroud are the two quarterbacks they want. If they don't draft one in round ones, I think they're going to wait till round three, round four to grab one. I've got Aiden O'Connell, a big 10 quarterback from Purdue. I actually compared him a lot to Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, Elliot, he has over twelve hundred career passing attempts in the big 10. He was efficient. He's very, very much the prototypical stand in the pocket, make throws, not going to get outside and uh, run. But when he's got time, he's accurate. And with Jimmy Garoppolo's injury history, I don't think it's a bad idea for the Raiders to, they've got, they've got pick 100. Take a quarterback at pick 100 and just let's see. You know, when you talk about throwing the ball a lot in college, when you say about 450 attempts a year would be mm-hmm. a lot of pass attempts. Yep. You know, give or take. Uh, I mean, if you've got over 1,200 pass attempts, you're basically saying that's about 450 for three years running. Yeah. Uh, how many career starts does he have under his belt in college? Uh, he's got 31 starts. Yeah, that's a pretty good number right there. And especially in today's day and age when so many of these guys either come out early. Uh, obviously, it's really hard for these guys to start as true freshmen. Um, well, and this guy started... Uh, he started as a freshman, and then in 2020, there was the COVID year. Purdue just yep, didn't play a right. lot of games that season. But he's been there for a long time. And if you go watch like some games they played against Ohio State and Michigan, he keeps that Purdue team in games. I, I, I like Aiden O'Connell a lot. You know, what's also interesting here is is we were talking about uh, Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers came out in the 4 draft, and – that, like I said, that was a big boon on him. Now, the deal with him was that he'd have to sit for two years. Mm-hmm. That was with Drew Brees, ironically, another Purdue quarterback, um, you know, already there as a starter. I will say, though, when Phillip Rivers went to the Chargers, Drew Brees was not coming off a great three-year run. It wasn't until mm-hmm. actually Phillip Rivers got there that Drew Brees' good years with the Chargers were 4 5 Yep. Rivers' first two years. Do you think this could have that kind of effect on Jimmy Garoppolo? I think so. I think it's very possible. I, don't, I wouldn't be surprised if Aiden O'Connell beat out Jimmy Garoppolo by 2024, and that's the Raiders' starting quarterback. I just think he hits everything that Josh McDaniels looks for for in a starting quarterback with accuracy, anticipation, quick release, and a pretty strong arm. And once again, what overall pick are we talking about here? Like 100. Yeah. 100, yeah. You know, hey, it never hurts to uh, – didn't Ritter go not far from there? I think Ritter went somewhere uh, in the 90s overall pick uh, last year. But I think this is interesting, by the way, if you guys are wondering. Marcus is frozen. I know he was making a really strong point about Aiden O'Connell, but just kind of going back to this, um, you know, if you can get a quarterback – at the back end of the third round, for example, 
and they have the potential to start games for you, I think that's a uh, yep. that's a draft pick that's worthwhile. I was just saying while you were frozen. Um, I think Desmond Ritter went very close to this area 74, last year. 74, 75, around there. Yeah, I'm, okay. I thought it was in the 80s without looking, but um, I, you know, I, I think that's a great value pick. Why not? I mean, why not? Why not light a fire under Jimmy Garoppolo? Not that he needs it. Uh, maybe this guy can start for you. You're not spending a, a, a day one or day two pick, uh, or excuse me, you know, or high pick on this guy. No, uh, I like it. Now the Cowboys. Uh, I'm assuming this is farther down. Uh, the line, who are they taking? And I, this is interesting to me because just because of the Cowboys situation, and I think the Cowboys more than any team on this list have the best shot to make the Super Bowl. I think that's pretty inarguable. I mm-hmm. guess Minnesota would be the closest. Yeah. And they need to do everything they can to retool their interior defensive line. They could look at wide receiver. They could look at running back Absolutely. Uh, at the end of day two or, or top of day three. So where is this? I think this is anytime middle third round and beyond. Okay. I, Jerry Jones has come out and said the Cowboys have not done a good enough job of spending resources at the quarterback position. We know Mike McCarthy's history in Green Bay, where they drafted a quarterback basically every year. And then on top of that, Dak Prescott has been kind of banged up, as you always like to bring up. Like he's missed some time <laughs> in each Thanks. of the last three seasons. Um I think you draft a guy for me. I think it's fourth or fifth round that you draft a guy and you put him behind Cooper Rush, who came back on a one year deal, and you just see. And the guy that I have is Clayton Toon from Houston. Now, we mentioned Aiden okay. O'Connell throwing 1,200 passes in the Big Ten. <laughs> Clayton Toon, 1,500 career passing attempts in wow. at Houston, 12,000 passing yards, 104 passing touchdowns. Like, he put up numbers on top of running a four six four at the uh, at the combine. Ooh. So you draft somebody with some tools. You sit him as your number three quarterback. Maybe he's on the practice squad or whatever, and you just see. Man, um, that's a lot of pass attempts in, in, in college football. Boy, I'm thinking of my Houston quarterbacks. Uh, we've got Kevin Cobb, right? I believe yep. he went to Houston. Case Keenum. Case Keenum. Yeah. Um, if I go way back, David Klingler and Andre Ware, mm-hmm. uh, those are four off the top of my head. There's another one, though, that I think I'm missing. Uh, is this guy, can he be as good as Kevin Cobb or Case Keenum? Case Keenum's yeah. had a pretty good little career. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, he's bigger than Keenum, but I think that's the hope, right, is that you get a high-level backup who, if in the right situation, can you know win you some games. And again, you're talking fourth round probably here for Clayton Toon. I think it makes some sense. I do too. And if the Cowboys had Case Keenum, uh, that would be a nice, oh, I would nice love little that. thing, yeah. you know. Um, but I tell you what, with the Cowboys, I really don't know what they're going to do this year. And I know you're talking fourth round, but you know you could still get a quality football player in the fourth round. Where is their fourth round pick overall? In terms, it's of like one twenty nine or something like yeah, that. Yeah, because it's it's the playoff pick. It's yep. so yeah, I get it. Okay, we got our last team. On the list here, what do we got, Marcus, uh, player, and, and where where's he going? Yeah, we got Jake Hayner, a quarterback from Fresno State, five foot and eleven and a half, two hundred and seven pounds. He's small, um, doesn't have a great arm, but he's accurate. He completed seventy two percent of his passes last year at Fresno State, nine yards an attempt. Um, does Sean Payton have a history 
working with small quarterbacks? <laughs> maybe, maybe. Does By he, the way, he... our our rundown doesn't like this at all. They, our rundown wants us yeah, to talk right. Raiders. They're, they're uh, done with does the Raiders it, fans. Is Sean Payton currently coaching a uh, a small quarterback right now in Denver? Uh, uh, yes, he could be. Yeah. Very well could be. Um, they also drafted your guy, Ian Book, uh, with the Saints a couple years ago, who was another shorter quarterback. I just – I think this is somebody who the, – the sum is greater than the parts. I watched him at the Senior Bowl, and he's not physically impressive. He's the shortest quarterback there. He's not overly athletic. He was the best quarterback in practice. He also happened to be the best quarterback in the game. He won the MVP. I think this is somebody you draft fifth, sixth round. You put him in that quarterback room, and with the way Russell Wilson played last year, I want a, another option in case things happen to to go haywire again this season. Yeah, I mean, so I, you know, I always thought Eric over at Brinks was a 49ers fan. I think he's a Raiders fan because he doesn't want to switch to the Broncos. Uh, <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> the Broncos are it's like, no, no, we're staying put. Um, any other quarterbacks in this draft? We just went through your top eight. Any other quarterbacks in this draft that you think might be being overlooked or, uh, or you know, have the potential to be a really good quality backup? There is one that we should at least mention. Stetson Bennett from Georgia. Yeah. Um, yep. 5'11", 192 pounds, ran a 4.6740, which is actually pretty, pretty good. Played just some big so, games. I, I mean, played a, in a few big games, just happened to win two national championships in back-to-back seasons. And it wasn't like it was the defense only, like they put up 60 points against TCU. I just don't know where he's going to get drafted because I think he's 25 years old. He had some some arrests in the pre-draft process that weren't great, rubbed some teammates the wrong way, but all that guy does is win games. Yeah, now you're obviously way more the college football guy than I am, but just going off of uh, my memory, I believe Jay Barker won back-to-back titles for Alabama, 92-93, never never made it in the NFL. And then Tommy Frazier was Mm -hmm. Nebraska's quarterback, 94-95. I think Nebraska went back-to-back. Has there been anybody else that's won two national title games that I'm not thinking of? Did Tim Tebow win two, or did he only win one? I think he only won one. T. Martin. I think Tebow won Peyton, one as won a backup, one. right, when, when they had Chris Leak, I think, was mm-hmm. the starting. But, yeah, I, I don't know. If, the list is pretty short of quarterbacks who have won two as a starter. Well, you don't even have that many quarterbacks that start more than two seasons, full well, seasons in college anymore. It's just pretty rare that you see a team win back-to-back national championships as well. So it's just it doesn't happen. Yeah, I mean, you you do have guys that start three years and stuff, but that's really hard to win two title games, national yeah. title games in three years. Um, this is an interesting list. I, I wanted to say, uh, you know, your quarterback from Houston, he was throwing to your favorite prospect in the college draft. We did a he, power ranking short on was. that. Um, so that's kind of interesting. But uh, if you didn't catch that, uh, check it out. We 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 did the one guy that Marcus thinks is not being talked about enough. And I really liked his choice. Um, I think we already put that out. Didn't we already yeah, put that out on Twitter? Yeah, it was out yesterday. Yeah. Go listen to it. We're not going to say but, who it is, but if you know who Clayton Toon is, I can guarantee you know who this other player is. You know, it's funny. I When I go back and li- – I haven't li- gone back and listened to that one yet, but I when I was listening to the Aaron Rodgers one, I was just thinking about you gritting your teeth for us having to talk about Aaron Rodgers for eight minutes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. At least he's out of Green Bay. That's all. It's, it's fine. 
Yeah. So anyway, um, you know, I, I still think just uh, kind of closing out here for me with the quarterbacks, the most interesting thing to me is actually what a team does. And I really wonder if Houston is going to do it at two. I really, I, I'm, if, if D'Amico Ryans isn't in love with any of the guys, I realize he doesn't run the show per se, but he is the head coach and you want to have a nice synergistic relationship between front office and a head coach who is much sought after like D'Amico Ryans. They've got that pick at 12. They could maybe move up from 12 and wait. And I know you think this is way too big a risk. That to me is still the most interesting thing about how these dominoes fall, but you have them taking CJ Stroud. Um, We'll see what happens there, but uh, your final year contract. Yeah. Six year contract for D'Amico Ryans. I don't think he's going to feel pressure to do anything in round one. Um, But I think Stroud is the most interesting prospect here because he's accurate. He's played in a bunch of big games. But I don't know if NFL teams love him as much as draft Twitter does. So I think his range is anywhere from 2 to 13 or 14. Should be a wild night on Thursday. Uh, I'm one last question. This is your second final thought. Which team do you think is going to get this right? Like, Who do you think is actually going to do this right? Is it Carolina at number one? You think this is where they're going? A team that I didn't have listed. I think Tennessee ends up with a quarterback. I'm just not sure who and where. Um, because they got it, they're in a weird spot. Like they're between two eras right now. It's clear that Tannehill's time is running out. Malik Willis isn't it. So do they trade up for CJ Stroud, who, by the way, Mike Vrabel has a lot of connections at Ohio state. I won't be shocked if that's a team that we come out of the draft saying, you know what? I love the way that the Titans win and attack their quarterback need rather than just sitting back and waiting for one to fall to them. Right, and I think Malik Willis went in the third round yes. uh, yep. last year. A third round pick the previous year does not preclude you nope. from going back up and taking a quarterback again. Nope. So, hey, good stuff here. That's your kind of quarterback uh, rundown for the 2023 draft, which starts uh, tomorrow night. So uh, we'll do a little reaction on Friday after the uh, first round. Uh, so you'll have that from us. And then, like I said, go listen to our Power Ranking Short Uh players from houston that's all i'll say but it's pretty cool uh marcus by the way post locked on cowboys you probably know that by now uh he does it with landon mccool he also covers the raiders for raiders wire and he writes for profootballfocus.com he is at marcus underscore motion on twitter i'm at harrison nfl on twitter we appreciate you guys and we'll talk to you soon take care everybody